No, no, it is not a shock. Do not worry. No one, however, told the technician about the party line. And so in the moments before the procedure, he asked my mother, Are they going to shock you? They shock people all day, every day in here. Lightning is lightning, whatever you call it. They shocked my mother's heart. It stopped, restarted, and then resumed the fumbling beat it had had before the procedure, still arrhythmic. My mother went home, her heart slowed, but still skipping beats, sending blood irregularly through her body. She was worn out. Maybe she had been worn out for a while and had not realized it. She slept for twelve and then more hours a day. It could have been, it seemed, the effect of not getting enough blood through the body. It could have been other things. It was, it would turn out, other things. On February 5th, after about a month of feeling terrible, and probably a number of months before that of feeling poorly but not knowing why, my mother went to the doctor again. When she did, they took her blood pressure, they measured her heart rate, they ran an electrocardiogram, an EKG. Once again, the doctors, this time a different set, were alarmed. My mother was admitted to the ICU. My mother had, unwittingly, been given too much of one of her drugs by her first heart doctor. The first doctor had prescribed a version of Digitalis. Digitalis lowers heart rate, but its effects are highly dependent on its dosage. Too little and it has no effect. A hair too much and it can prove dangerous. Deadly even. My mother had been given too much. The first symptom was yellowed vision everything seen as if through amber-colored glasses. The second, although she didn't know it was a symptom, was sleepiness, an intense sleepiness that made her sleep at first ten and then twelve, and then ultimately sixteen or so hours a day. The third symptom was a lack of appetite. My mother, it turned out, was not eating much at all and had been losing weight quickly. Then there were cognitive problems that reached their peak on the day my father took her back to the doctor. She could barely form words, and even when she could, she could not seem to put them in the right order. Digitalis, a drug that should have made her better, had become her poison. In the ICU, doctors put my mother on four IVs. They watched her constantly. They did test after test. Nothing seemed to make her better. It took a while for them to realize that all of her symptoms, apart from the heart rate problems, were due to the digitalis and even some of the heart rate problems seemed to be related to the digitalis. Whereas her heart had once beaten too fast, it now beat too slowly, far too slowly, akin to the rate of an elephant. Thump, duh, thump, duh. And the original arrhythmia was still there, but now worse. Before the symptoms of poisoning emerged, the doctors planned to treat my mother's arrhythmia by ablation, a procedure in which the part of the heart responsible for the abnormal rhythm is destroyed. The hope is that this destruction of heart tissue will stop extraneous signals from causing the heart to misfire. Ablation is primitive medicine. It works, but we don't understand it well. In this, it is like shocking the heart. But the primitiveness of the ablation would not matter to my mother for the simple reason that, after the digitalis poisoning, the condition of her arrhythmia was viewed as too extreme, too tenuous, too erratic, to be fixed by a burn to the heart. She would, the doctors agreed, 
Need a pacemaker if she got better. Suddenly, the doctors were talking about if she got better. She did get better, slowly. As the digitalis was washed out of her system, my mother's odds of getting a pacemaker went up and up. Her magnesium levels were getting closer and closer to normal, though they would stay high only if she continued to be on a drip. Her potassium went up too, slowly. And maybe, it seemed, maybe her cognitive impairment was diminishing, though maybe not. By February 10th, five days after she entered the ICU, my mother was deemed well enough for a pacemaker. Unfortunately, the cardiologists at her small hospital were not equipped to implant a pacemaker. She would have to move. But there weren't any beds at the nearest large hospital in Anchorage where pacemakers were regularly implanted. She waited.